Welcome to Creative Biolabs Science Channel. Creative Biolabs is a specialized contract research organization supporting mRNA studies with all-round solutions covering mRNA synthesis, modification, and mRNA therapeutics development. With an unwavering pursuit of innovation and lifelong learning, we keep on producing podcast series related to mRNA technology based on our knowledge and practical experience gained through years of exploration in this area. Subscribe to our channel and keep updated with our podcasts. Good evening, dear friends. Nice to see you again. During the last program, we talked a lot about mature microRNAs triggering RNA interference like gene silencing in zebrafish, chicken and mice. We discussed that different stem loop structures among different species may also provide clues for the prevalence of natural siRNAs in invertebrates, but rarely in mammals. In addition, gene silencing by precursor microRNA transfer in chicken has great potential in establishing animal models for developmental biology research. More recent advances in the applications of intranic microRNA expression systems have been reported in mice. Today, David will tell us more about the development of microRNA or RNAs interacting with peewee protein-based gene therapy. Thank you David for joining us today. Thank you for your invitation. I'm very excited to be here. And let's get started right away. We have seen from research articles that silencing exogenous retrovirus replication was initially successful in the cell model, those cells were CD4 plus T lymphocytes extracted from patients. The retrovirus refers to the human immunodeficiency virus, or commonly known as HIV. A specific anti-HIV vector was designed for a specific region of the type I HIV genome. This region is relatively conservative and can be used as a good target for anti-HIV treatment. The viral gene located in the target region contains two special protein components. What is the important role of all these ingredients? They play a key role in viral replication and infectivity. In the early stage of infection, the HIV RNA genome is transcribed into double-stranded complementary DNA sequence by viral reverse transcriptase, which forms a pre-integration complex with matrix, integrase, and viral protein R. Then the complex is transferred to the nucleus and integrated into the host chromosome to establish HIV provirus. But I know that HIV carries very little reverse transcriptase and matrix protein when it first enters the host cell. In this case, how can microRNA effectively eliminate the virus? Good question. Some have speculated that the co-inhibition of specific viral protein expression by microRNAs can eliminate the production of infectious virus particles in the late stage of infection. For example, silencing a gene may prevent the assembly of intact virus particles due to the lack of matrix and capsid protein, while inhibiting protease in B gene can inhibit the maturation of several virus proteins. That is to say, inhibiting a protease can prevent viral proteins from maturing? Right, HIV expresses about 9 viral gene transcripts, encoding at least 15 different proteins. So isolating a multi-protein into a single functional protein requires the activity of viral protease. It is reported that this treatment is feasible. Let's shift gear a little. We know that anti-HIV vectors were detected in CD4 plus T lymphocytes of HIV seropositive patients after highly active antiretroviral therapy. 
since only partial complementation between microRNA and its target RNA can trigger gene silencing effect, it will be very helpful to overcome the challenge of high mutation of HIV, because, you know, high mutation often leads to new drug resistance to current small molecule drugs. I wonder if you know of any experiments with results that verify this? Yes, there are experiments, and these are clinical experiments, showing that anti-HIV microRNA transfection has an in vitro gene silencing effect on type I HIV replication in CD4 plus T lymphocytes of acquired immunodeficiency syndrome patients in acute and chronic stages. In the acute phase, usually less than one month, the viral genome transfected by microRNA vector was degraded by an average of 99.8%. In the chronic phase, the same treatment only inhibited 71.4% of viral genome replication after two years of infection. I think some groups even used immunocytochemical staining of HIV isotope labeled protein to confirm the above results. Is there any mutation in the target HIV genome domain? Yeah, sequencing analysis showed that at least two HIV-1B mutants in the acute phase and seven HIV-1B mutants in the chronic phase were found in the target HIV genome domain. It is likely that the high genomic complexity of HIV variants in chronic infection can counteract the effect of microRNA-mediated silencing. Does the designed anti-HIV vector have high specificity, do you know? The expression of beta-actin, or better known as the housekeeping gene, was normal, and there was no nonspecific RNA degradation induced by interferon. So yeah, the designed vector has high specificity and is efficient in suppressing type I HIV replication in the early infections. In conjunction with an intermittent interleukin-2 therapy, researchers may stimulate the growth of non-infected CD4 plus T lymphocytes to eliminate the type I HIV-infected cells. So we know that the transformed stem cells cannot be controlled to self-renew and differentiate into heterogeneous tumor groups. What do you think the implications for cancer therapy are now that the mechanism of stem cell cancer cell transformation is discovered? I think it means breakthroughs in cancer treatment and stem cell generation. The latest development of induced pluripotent stem cells technology may help to restore cancer cells to normal stem cells. That sounds amazing. Can you explain what induced pluripotent stem cells are and their characteristics? Two Japanese scientists successfully reprogrammed somatic cells into pluripotent cells by transferring four embryonic transcription factor genes into mouse fibroblasts via a retrovirus. These cells are actually similar to embryonic stem cells. Their behavioral characteristics are also similar to those of mouse embryonic stem cells. But why haven't these amazing cells been widely used in cancer therapy? There are three problems the use of retroviral transgenes, the use of oncogenes, and the mechanism is not completely clear. Retroviral infection is the only effective way right now to integrate four large transgenes into the genome of target cells. But the random insertion of multiple retroviral vectors into the target genome can also affect other non-target genes and may lead to cell mutation. Scientists have not determined a perfect solution to prevent induced pluripotent stem cell mutation and tumor formation. Has any group studied how maternal components control and maintain normal embryonic stem cell renewal in fertilized eggs without the risk of tumor formation? Yes, 
and they found that MIR-302 is one of the key maternal elements necessary for the maintenance and renewal of mammalian embryonic stem cells. The results of somatic cell nuclear transfer showed that pluripotent stem cells could be formed by hybridization of somatic cell nucleus and oocyte cytoplasm. This suggests that maternal components in oocyte cytoplasm play an important role in nuclear reprogramming. How did they find out that MIR-302 is a key component? They compared different differentiated cells, and MIR-302 family was highly expressed in mouse oocytes and human embryonic stem cells. And I think this MIR-302 family is an interesting one. The first 17 nucleotides of the five ends of all MIR-302 members have the same sequence. The average homology of the mature microRNA sequences of 23 nucleotides is 87% to 89%. According to the database, they are highly conserved in mammals and target almost the same cellular genes. In fact, many of these target genes are developmental signals and transcription factors, which are involved in the initiation or promotion of lineage-specific cell differentiation during early embryonic development. And if we want to use MIR-302 to obtain microRNA-induced pluripotent stem cells, how do we do that? Some groups of scientists actually already successfully obtained induced pluripotent stem cell lines induced by microRNA from human cells. I believe they used the ectopic expression of MIR-302 gene and type 2 RNA polymerase-driven intronic microRNA expression system. How are the mature intron MIR-302s released into the cytoplasm? They are released through intracellular RNA splicing and processing mechanisms, such as spliceosome, exosome, and components of nonsense-mediated messenger sRNA decay system. Any evidence of somatic reprogramming? And what are some of the benefits of discovering somatic reprogramming? Yes. I can think of five or six pieces of evidence. Start from the first one, various induced pluripotent stem cell lines induced by MIR-302 can be obtained from the primary culture of normal skin epidermal cells and malignant skin melanoma cells. Both of these cells can form embryoids in vitro. Also, the expression of MIR-302 was upregulated by northern blot analysis of microRNA microarray and microRNA-induced pluripotent stem cells transcripts. Then, increased expression of cell markers of standard embryonic stem cells was detected. And next, global genomic DNA demethylation has been observed, similar to the state of zygotic genomes undergoing reprogramming. Additionally, the genome-wide gene expression patterns of these microRNA-induced pluripotent stem cells are more than 86% similar to those of human embryonic stem cells. And last but not least, teratoma-like tissue cysts can be formed by xenotransplantation of microRNA-induced pluripotent stem cells derived embryoids into mice with pseudo-pregnant immunodeficiency. However, unlike teratomas, these cysts grow slowly and form a very clear boundary with the surrounding mouse tissue. And speaking of the benefits, the discovery of this somatic reprogramming method may bring new therapeutic interventions for stem cells and cancer treatment. We have talked about the risk of random retroviral insertion and cell mutation. Any way we can prevent these risks? Electroporation might be a good method. MIR-302s can be transferred into somatic cells by electroporation. This advantages provide a safe solution for previous induced pluripotent stem cells and prevent the risk of retrovirus infection, carcinogenic mutation, and uncertain tumor occurrence.
it is known that cyclin E-dependent kinase CDK2 is necessary for entering S-phase cell cycle. Inhibition of cyclin CDK2 can lead to G1 phase checkpoint block, while cyclin D1 can inhibit G1 phase block caused by DNA damage. What do you think this principle can tell us? I think based on this principle, the suppression of both CDK2 and cyclin D1 in microRNA-induced pluripotent stem cells reveals a fact that these cells can reach a very slow cell division rate. The results of this somatic cell cycle transition suggest that MIR-302 is a powerful tumor suppressor, which may contribute to the production of tumor-free, induced pluripotent stem cells. Any consequences from genomic DNA demethylation? Sure, it may trigger epigenetic reprogramming of somatic genome into an embryonic stem-like state, and then activate the expression of many embryonic stem cell marker genes. Intron-MIR-302 transgenic method not only can reprogram somatic cells and cancer cells into embryonic stem-like pluripotent stem cells, but also maintain this ES-like state without tumor cost and feeder layer. We are again at the end of today's program. Let's summarize what we have talked about today. The consistent evidence of microRNA-induced gene silencing in zebrafish, chicken embryos, mouse stem cells and human diseases shows that an ancient intron-mediated gene regulation system is preserved in eukaryotes. In these animal models, microRNAs derived from introns determine the activation of RNA interference-like gene silencing pathways. Due to natural evolution, introns in higher animal and plant species are more complex and diverse to coordinate their huge gene expression and interaction. These microRNAs are likely to cause genetic diseases due to intron expansion or deletion, such as dystrophic muscle and fragile X mental retardation. Therefore, gene expression not only produces the transcripts of their own protein synthesis, but also produces intronic microRNAs, which can interfere with the expression of other genes. The expression of one gene will lead to the enhancement of its function and the loss of the function of other genes which are complementary to mature intronic microRNAs. Learning how to exploit such a novel gene regulation system in the future therapy will be a forthcoming challenge. Thank you all for listening. We will continue our discussions next week.